to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, for your goodness. Thank you once again for a wonderful opportunity to be in your court, in your presence, to hear you. Lord, we know that when two or three of us gather in your name, you are here in our midst. Lord, we are confident that today, tonight is no different. You will be with us and you speak to us. We thank you for that privilege to hear a great king, to hear a wonderful Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. You see, when I don't clap your hands together for the Lord, don't but now I was testing you. So please clap your hands together for the Lord. Wonderful. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, tonight we want to continue sharing from the book Backsliding. Backsliding. And um, those of you who have the book, just take your book and we are all reading together from the book Backsliding. And um, we have been sharing from this book for several weeks now. And I'm believing God that it is helping us. And um, we are learning so many things, so many practical things that will help us to sustain the work that we have embarked on with Christ. And we are talking about the symptoms of backsliding. Backsliding. Now, this word backsliding applies to Christians or it applies to People who are working with God, okay? People who believe in God, people who trust in the Lord, and they are working with God. So it, it applies to you. Do you understand? And it is in the Bible. It is a scriptural, biblical word, backsliding, that you will backslide in your walk with God. You will slow down in your walk with God, or you will stop walking with God completely. Hallelujah. And it's all a process. It is a process. And we are learning and we identify some of the things that we encounter in the process of backsliding. What are some of the things we see in our lives to tell us that this is a sign or a symptom of backsliding. And that is what we are learning at this stage of uh, our studies that is what we have been going over in the last few weeks. Symptoms of backsliding. And um, those of you who have been with us, we have gone through some few symptoms. First, we talk about uh, bad company being a symptom of backsliding. And we talk about looking backward. Looking backward is also a symptom of backsliding. And... Last week, we talked about overconfidence, overconfidence as showing us that it is also a sign of backsliding. And we said that backsliding is an entity that can happen to any Christian, no matter how long you have walked with the Lord, no matter how strong you feel you are, when these symptoms are coming in, it can be very subtle and it can overtake you and you can backslide. Hallelujah. So today, if you are holding your book, you'll realize the next on our list of symptoms is stubbornness. Stubbornness. So a stubborn Christian, someone who is stubborn or someone who is described as being stubborn or has a characteristic of stubbornness is someone who has no value 
for counseling. That's no true. value for counseling. So when we say someone is stubborn, the person has no value, no regard for counseling or for advice. And she or he will not listen to any advice. That is a stubborn person. Okay. Are you a stubborn person? Ask your neighbor. If there's no neighbor, ask yourself. And ask, be honest. Ask yourself and say, am I stubborn? Am I stubborn? Ask and say, do I have regard for counseling? You have to answer that question for yourself. So someone who is stubborn does whatever he or she feels like doing. Okay? That person does not subject himself or herself to any form of advice or counseling. Now, whenever you see that, when you see that, or you identify this characteristic in a person, you are looking at a person who is on his or her way to backsliding. When you identify stubbornness in a person, that is someone who is about to backslide, who is falling short of the walk with God. Hallelujah. Have you not realized that the whole of the scriptures is about advice and counseling and guidance and direction? So if you are someone who has no regard for counseling, no regard for advice, no regard for commandments, no regard for direction, and you are described as a stubborn person, you cannot walk with God. You cannot work with God. So you are looking at a person who is about to backslide or who is backsliding. And it's just a matter of time that you will see it. Say amen. Amen. Grace, do you understand what I'm sharing? Yes, powerful. Okay, that is a person who is about to backslide. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 14. Proverbs 14, verse 14. It says, a backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. Do you understand? A backslider in heart, someone who is set in his heart to backslide, is a person who is filled with his own ways. Wow. That means he has no regard for counseling, no regard for advice, no regard for guidance. He is filled in his heart with his own ways. Full of himself. That is a person who is filled with his own ways. That means everything he does is of his own ways. Not subjected to any form of counseling. You understand? That is a backslider. That is what the Bible says. Someone who is filled in his own ways has no regard for the word of God. Someone who is filled in his own ways has no regards for a pastor's word or a pastor's counseling or a pastor's input, has no regard for his parents' input or her parents' input, no regards for grown-ups' input. That is a person who has no regard for his wife's input or his husband's input or her husband's input. Good day. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. It's a person who is filled in his own ways. You are preaching. And the Bible says, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Amen. That means you'll be satisfied away from yourself. Wow. Amen. So that is a backslider. That is what the Bible says. Are you understanding? That is a very nice definition of a backslider. Mm. One who is filled in his own ways. I like that definition. Mm. You see, there are Christians who are filled with their own ways. There are many Christians who are filled with their own ways. Sure. They just do whatever they feel is right to them. You see, and if there is no one that the, I mean, usually such people have no one that they regard. They live their lives as if there is no one else in their lives. Many Christians are like that. Merci. You see? And these people, they bring their issues to you. Say, for instance, a pastor, they bring their issues to you for what I call open courtesy. 
You know, they bring their issues to you just for open courtesy. Take you your time. understand what I'm sharing with you? Take your time. If they have their own, they will never bring anything to you. They will not discuss anything because what you say has no value to them. They know what they want to do. They know what they want. And regardless of what you have to say. Amen. Amen. Such people usually they have made up their minds about what they are going to do already before they come to you. They have made up their minds. And you realize that they talk to you and they will do what they have decided already. You understand? So such people, they bring things to you for one of two reasons. Okay. You want to know the reasons? Yes. You know the reason. You, you know the reason. <laughs> Open courtesy. I've told you one already. Hey. It's ketchup. Open courtesy. Okay. You understand? For full, full respect. Such people, they bring their issues to you, one, to see if it is in line with your thinking. Okay. To see, you know, that is how you were thinking. And okay, then it's like I discuss it with you. Reason is so that you don't say they didn't discuss it with you. Hey, you see, you are you, you know what I'm talking about. We understand. <laughs> Joe, is what I'm saying true or not true? Very true. Thank you. Amen. Amen. They just don't want you to say they didn't discuss it with you. That is why they bring it to you. But you realize that you waste the pastor's time when you do that. It's such a waste of time. You are preaching. Waste of precious time. A man of God's time. It's precious time. (laughs) Man of God. (laughs) Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. We do. We do. You are preaching. Sometimes as a pastor, you can see that the decision that someone is making or the action can hurt the person Bad and can hurt others that are involved in the, the person's life. But you see that the person is set in her mind or in his mind and nothing can change it. Forgive. And as a pastor, you can see that this decision will do this harm, will do this. You do that. You can see clearly the end result of what the person is doing or what the person is deciding to do. You can see clearly. But for whatever re- the reason, the person cannot see it. Mm. You see? The Bible says in Hosea chapter 11 and verse 7. Hosea chapter 11 and verse 7. It says, And my people are bent to backsliding from me. They are bent to backsliding from me. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, they are bent to backsliding from me, though they call them to the most high. Mm. None at all will exalt him. You see, the person is bent to backsliding. And he says, though they call them to the most high, that means you, 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 you bring the word of God. You bring the word of God to them. You call them to their decision to the most high. You subject their action, their decision to the most high. And they don't exalt him. It means they don't have any value for the word. That means they don't have any value for God. That is what the scripture is saying. You are preaching. Bent. Amen. Amen. He says, and my people are bent Amen. to backsliding from me. Jeez. Though they call them to the most high. Though you have brought the word of God. Though you are saying, this is what the word of God is saying. Though you are saying, but the word of God says this. Though you are saying, but God says this. Mm. And none at all exalt him. Mm. They don't have respect for God. Yes. They don't have any honor for God. They don't mm. exalt him. 
even though you are bringing his word into this matter, they are bent. He says, my people, you know, who are God's people? Christians, you are God's people. He said, but they are bent to backsliding for him. And so when you are stubborn, you are bent to backsliding. You are, you are going to backslide. You are mm. meant to backslide. That means you are subjected to backsliding. Mercy. Amen. Amen. You know, the basis for counseling, you know, the reason for counseling, to me, it is in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9. The reason why we counsel people. The reason why we advise people mm. is, in, I personally, I think it's in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9 and 10. I and believe it too. what the word of God is saying. He says, the thing that had been, mm. it is that which shall be. True. And that which is done mm. is that which shall be done. Mm. And he says, and there is no new thing under the time. Mm. he says is there anything whereof it may be said see this is new it had been already of old time which was before us amen Amen. it is the thing which is done it is that which shall be that means the thing that you are the, the thing that has been done in the past it is the same thing which shall be. It's the same thing which is now. It is the same thing which we are talking about right now. It is the same problem which we are discussing right now. That means the problem that we are discussing right now, the problem that I'm having a discussion with you right now, it has been done already. This is not the first time it is happening. That is what the Bible is saying. It says the thing that had been it is that which shall be. So if today it shall, it has been, it is done, the Bible said it shall be already. And that which is done is that which shall be done. You understand? And that there is no new thing under the sun. So that means that this issue that you are talking about, it has been done already. So we are based on how that issue prevailed the path that issue took the people that the issue affected and the end how that issue was handled and how it destroyed lives how it destroyed life how it made people prosper how it brought people down are you understanding what i'm sharing with you how it sets people on high how it puts people first how it puts some people last, based on that is what we are using to counsel you so that the mistakes that those people made, that which had been, we are trying to avoid it to be that which shall be. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Personally, I feel this is the basis for counseling. True. And it says... You are arguing and then you are talking and you are being stubborn. Then the word of God is asking you, hey, my brother, my sister, is there anything whereof it may be said? See, my issue is different. My issue is new. My issue, no one has experienced it before. This is a brand new problem. This, since the world began, no man, no woman has gone through this before. Then the Bible says, listen, it had been already of old time. It is not new. It had been already of old time, which was before us. People who were before us went through it also. And so if you are feeling that this is new, I am telling you that it has been already. Amen. And based on that, we can say, oh, this one to Ibikoko, because we know the solution. We know that 
We have asked questions. people who have gone through this. We have talked to people who have gone through this. We have handled people who have gone through this. And we knew the people who listened to this, who did this, who that, who did that, who didn't listen, who went this way. We knew about those people. We knew what happened to them. And based on that is why I'm telling you this. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Sometimes you see that you are advising someone, go to school. Go to school. Mm. And the person is doing all kinds of things. And then you have seen a person of your own age Mm. being told the same thing and didn't listen. And we saw the path that the person went through and the path that the, 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 the station that the person arrived. And the difficulties and the challenges that the person is facing. And so based on that is how we are tracking back at this age also that you are, when this person was at that age, we are telling you, don't take that path, but you take this path so that you don't end up in this direction. Mm-hmm. And you say, nee. <laughs> and that's a stubborn person we see someone we say look this person took to alcohol this person took to drugs this person took to smoking and we saw the path a person with brilliant future a person with potential success a person who we can see was going to do very well. Yeah. There was no doubt that this person was going to do very well when this person was in elementary school and went to middle school and high school, the way the person performed, there was no doubt in our minds when you compare the person to his or her classmates, the way this person was doing when he or she was living in his mother's house or in his father's house, when he was under guidance and he was doing A, B, C, and D, there was no doubt that this person was going to be successful. Mm. And then the person, for instance, went to college Mm. and cut himself or cut herself away from all form of counseling. Mercy, mercy. And then the end of that person. We have seen it. True. So based on the person, that which had been, mm. and we knowing that that which had been is that which shall be, mm. we are now saying that you two, we saw how you were doing well in elementary school. True school. We mm. saw how you were doing well in middle school. Mm. And we saw how you did well in high school. Mm. Now that you are in college, This person took the same path. What destroyed that person's life is that that person cut herself or himself outside of counseling, cut himself or herself out of counseling. And that was the end of this person. So now you two, when you get there, do not cut yourself out of counseling. Mm. When you are told to do this, just do that. Because this person felt the way you are feeling today, that you know a lot Mm. and that you have matured enough. Mm. And now you have friends. And so you can do this and you feel you'll still be okay. You can still do this and study and be okay. Okay. He said that that didn't work for this person. So it's highly unlikely to work for you. True. 100%. Unlikely. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Stubbornness is self-destructive characteristic. True, I believe. It is a self-destructive characteristic. It is a person who is set in her heart or in his heart, I'm going to destroy my life. Mm. That is stubbornness. Witchcraft. The dictionary describes stubbornness this way. Definition, this dictionary definition of stubbornness. Number one, it says unreasonably obstinate. Mm. Unreasonably obstinate. 
Mm. Now, obstinate means unyielding or inflexible. Someone who does not yield to anything. No or someone who is not flexible. No so, stubbornness is unreasonably unyielding. Mm. You know, it is careful to say unreasonably. Because sometimes when you are in the midst of fools, you have to be reasonably unyielding. Do you understand? Yeah. But when you are unreasonably unyielding, that means even your unyielding, it makes no sense. We don't see any sense in why you are not flexible. You yourself can't even see sense. And you know that you don't have any sense. Hmm. Do you understand what I'm sharing? Yes, please. When you are young, you don't have a lot of sense. True. When you are young, you don't have a lot of experience and you are unreasonable, you are abstinate. It is an unreasonable abstinence. Mm, you are teaching. So it says stubbornness is unreasonably abstinate and abstinately unmoving. Mm. <laughs> you are unmoving. We can't move you. We can't change you. Mm. You are inflexible. Mm. Amen. Amen. Number two, it means fixed or set in purpose or opinion. Forgive. You are fixed. You are set in purpose or you are set fixed in your opinion. It's resolute. You have made an, a resolute decision that nothing can change what I'm doing. Hey. Understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes, please. You, we say, you say, I want, you want to take um, um, applied psychology. You want to study applied psychology. And then we're saying that this day and age, applied psychology cannot take you far. Do you understand? I mean, I'm just using it as an example. Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you understand? I, I don't know about the uh, applied psychology. psychology. <laughs> I mean, applied psychology. If there's even anything like applied psychology. It's a course. Dondology. Dondology is a course. Or let's say dondology. Yeah, Do you understand? You say you are studying dondology. Is there a course like that? Yes. It's a real course. Oh, yes. I never heard of dondology. You said it to play gongo. And so you are set in studying that. And then we say that, you know, dondology cannot take you far. And then you are planning that when you finish school, you are coming to live in another country like the USA. And then we say, if you take dondology, it will help you here. Because the people don't play that kind of dondology. And where you want to live. And then you are set, resolute, said, I have made my mind that that is what I will do. The way to go, you understand? I mean, sometimes, even as an adult, you are taking a course. And then you are going, as you are taking the course and you are going, you get to a stage that you see that all the people who are ahead of you who took their course, they are still home. They are still doing the work that they were doing when they were going to school. Even though they are finished and they have their degree. And then you are bent on finishing it because me, as I've started, I will finish. Okay, <laughs> got it. Mercy, mercy. It's unyielding, unyielding. You are unyielding. Mm. Even though there's he a says, reason being. Another one, he says, obstinately maintained hey. as a course of action. Forgive. That means you are unyielding, inflexibly maintaining a course of action. Mercy. Number four, it means difficult to manage. Hey. <laughs> also, <laughs> <friend. laughs> that one person, you are difficult to manage. You are difficult to work with. Mm. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? 
Difficult to manage. We can work with you. You have your own way of doing things and you are not subjecting it to anyone's advice and opinion. Assessment. You are preaching. It says, when we talk about stubbornness, it's hard, tough, mm. or stiff. Mm. It's hard, tough, or stiff as mm. stone. Forgive. Or as wood. Sometimes you have a child that you are raising and the child gets to a stage it's difficult to shape the child. Mm, you understand? Mm. Difficult to shape. Amen. Amen. You are preaching good. So, I mean, if this is stubbornness, why would anyone like any of these descriptions? Why would you like to be, why would you like any of these descriptions to be applied to you? For anyone to tell you you are stubborn. If ever you have been told that you are stubborn before, repent. If you have behaved in any way that you have been told you are stubborn, or you yourself, after the, the little thing that we have shared, you can identify stubbornness in you. Repent. Amen. 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 Some of you also, you are politely stubborn. You are politely stubborn. Diplomatically stubborn. We are telling you, and then oh, and then you are smiling. Oh, 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 why? Oh, oh no, Rev. Oh, Rev. But you are just stubborn, but politely. That is a big deception. You know, mm. that is a big deception. Mm. Sometimes the politely stubborn ones, they are dangerous. They are on a very dangerous path because you see, then it leaves you no room to guide or counsel them. Wow. Do you understand? Yes. It leaves you no room because then they, they, they secretly go the wrong path. Mm. Until they are destroyed. You are teaching. I like what I'm hearing. Somebody understanding what I'm sharing. Yes. They pretend to honor and respect your counseling, but they don't. You know, they don't. And it's time wasting. And the Bible says that you you as you 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 bring the word of God in, but none exalts him. You don't exalt God. Mm. You, know, you don't have any value for what is being shared with you. Yes, Some of you even don't want the pastor to know what is going on in your life uh, at all. Secretly stubborn. <laughs> you don't want the pastor to know anything about what is going on. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 13. Mm. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 13. The Bible says, better is a poor, Ecclesiastes 4.13, better is a poor and a wise child than an old foolish king who will no more be admonished. Admonished is who will be counseled, be guided, be advised. And the Bible says, a poor and a wise child is better mm. than an old and a foolish king or an mm. old and a foolish president or an old and a foolish leader mm. who will not be advised, who cannot be counseled. That is a dangerous person. Mm. And the Bible says that the life of a child who is poor but wise is better. Mm. So if you are a king, who cannot be admonished? You are a foolish king. Mm. You are old 
look grown, mature. But if you can't be counseled, you are foolish. Mm. So any person who cannot be counseled, you cannot be admonished. You are a fool. True. You know why? Because you become a fool. You, you are bent on bent on backsliding from God. And wisdom is of God. Do you understand? So if you are moving away from God, you are moving away from wisdom and you are becoming a fool and a fool and the worst of a fool. Mm. You are a king, but a fool. But though you are a king, mm. though you are a husband, though you are a man, though you are a mother, though you are a woman, though you are grown, though you can vote, for king, though you pay school, amen. Though you are married, hey. though you have children, Lord have mercy. He says, better is a poor and a wise child mm. than an old and a foolish king who will no more be admonished. You see, God is pro-counseling. Do you understand? True. True. God is for counseling. Mm. The whole of the Bible is counseling, guidance, advice. God is for counseling and whoever moves away from counseling moves away from God. You are teaching. True. Because you see, we are never adequate on our own. We are never, never adequate on our own. No one. Mm. Mm. Sometimes you feel like you have some great plans. You will come up with some wonderful, powerful plan. And you feel, if I carry on this plan, perfect. Everything. Then you subject it to another person's opinion. And then you finally realize suddenly that you almost made a big blunder. Yeah, sand castle. Have you not realized that before? Yeah, your castle crashed. <laughs> yes, that you were thinking this is the this is wild, this is powerful, and you feel so good. And then you discuss it to someone, and the person asks you one, the person asks you, the person asks you, but what about this? Have you thought about this? What about this person? What about that one? So if you go here, what is going to happen to this? And, and then suddenly you realize how foolish you have been. <laughs> Point holes in your past. That you discuss this thing. And then, have you not said that, oh, oh, I never thought of this. Oh, yes. I never thought of that. True. Yeah. We are never adequate on our own. Yeah. Never. It can be. God is pro-counseling. Bible says in Proverbs 15, and verse 22, Proverbs 15 and verse 22, it says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Mm. Proverbs 15 and 22. It says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. That means without guidance, without counsel, plans, purposes, plans fail. They are disappointed. Always. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Hallelujah. So you may have plans, but mm. when you don't have guidance, when you don't have counselors, mm. they are disappointed. They fail you. True. But when you are surrounded, listen, it is a great blessing to have someone that you discuss your issue with. It is a mm. great blessing. True. And not just someone, but someone who is godly. Mm. Mm. Amen. Amen. Not just an aunt who is divorced <laughs> and angry <laughs> with men, but someone who is godly. Amen. Old, old women fable. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Someone who is godly. It is a great blessing. The Bible says when you are surrounded by such people, your plans get established. Mm. Your plans are established. Amen. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14. I hope you are learning something tonight. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14. It says, 
where no council is, the mm. people fall. Mm. These are not just written. These are the word of God. It says, where no counsel is, when there's lack of counsel, the people fall. The, the Bible didn't make any exception. It says, if there's no counsel, you are bound to fall. The people. <laughs> the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. That means in the multitude of counselors, even when you make mistake, you are safe. Wow. Because we don't need safety until there's danger. Do you understand? If we are talking about safety, it means that there must be some danger to be safe. What are we saved from? We are saved from danger. So even when there's danger, once you are surrounded by counselors, you are safe. Do you have the NIV in this version? Look at the NIV. It says, for lack of guidance, for lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advices make victory sure. Say amen. Amen. It says, for lack of guidance. Do you know what is guidance? Let me tell you what is guidance. Guidance is some things that are set in positions and in place that does not make you do what you want. That guides you so that you don't go certain way. Do you see, when you come out from the I mean, at the airport, you come from the plane and, you know, you don't even know where you are going. The airport is so big. Have you realized that? It's so big, you don't know where you are going. You don't know where the the, the plane leaves you. It just gives you this blunt door tunnel that you walk through and then you are in the hallway. You don't know. Sometimes you don't even know if you are JFK or it dropped you somewhere in Nicaragua. You don't even know. Unless, of course, maybe you were sitting by the window and you were looking through the window and you saw some familiar landmarks. But if you were sleeping and suddenly the plane lands and then the door is brought and then everybody is walking through the door, you could be, you could be in Nicaragua, you can't even tell. True. But they have these guidance, they have these barriers. Do you see? You could be roaming in the airport if they leave you alone. You could be roaming all around the airport all day and the cab that came to pick you or the ride that came to pick you will think that you never came because your phone is also dead and they will leave. Mm. But they have these guidance. They have these barriers that makes you go through this, take this elevator, go through this escalator, go through here. You can't go anywhere else. Mm. You see, so the wise person, if you are allow, if you allow yourself to be guided by these barriers, you come to the right place. True. But if you have disregard for the barriers, and you don't care about the barriers, and then you say, "Me, when I come out of the plane, I go wherever I want," <laughs> you can end up taking the plane back to that place. <laughs> Why you didn't expect? Back to Ghana. I don't think you understand what I'm sharing with you. We do. <laughs> I do. I'm preaching a very important message. Yes, very. So you see, it says guidance. Guidance, it brings safety. It brings purposes come to pass, fulfilled and victory. Your plans to get to the the uh, immigration officer, through guidance, you will get there. Amen. Your plans to get past him and take your car and come home, through guidance, it will get there. That plan will be fulfilled. But when you have this regard for the guidance that have been set, you may not end up 
home, you may end up somewhere. That is what the scripture is saying. Hallelujah. Amen. Proverbs 24, verse 6. It says, For by wise counsel thou shalt make the war, thy war. For by, is it? For waging war, you need guidance. Or for by wise counsel, thou shalt make thy war. Mm -hmm. And in multitude of counselors, there is safety. Go ahead with the NIV. It is nice to read that one also. It says, for waging war, you need guidance. And for victory, many advices. Mm -hmm. Wow. Amen. Now, for waging war, don't think what you what war are you going to fight? Are all Christians going to fight in a war? No. But your war in education, your war in marriage, your war in your career. When you are waging war, when you are waging a war with your boss, you need guidance. This your decision that you have made. That Wednesday when I go to work, because he's coming from vacation on Wednesday, when he comes, I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to tell him how I feel. I am going to tell him really what is on my mind. This plan that you have had, and you have not subjected it to counseling, you are waging a war without guidance. <laughs> we are ready to come home. <laughs> also. And on Wednesday, this is what I'm planning to do with my boss. <laughs> when he comes, I'm going to walk in his office. I'm planning to speak my mind. <laughs> he don't know me, but one day he will know who I am. <laughs> because I have written down and memorized the things that I'm going to say. Then I take what you have written down. <laughs> strong words with power. And it sounds so powerful. If you present your word like this, don't think next Thursday you get a paycheck. <laughs> Do you need a paycheck or a You say, no, I've put in some applications and resumes sent everywhere by no response. Then let's wage a different war. You have now subjected your war, your waging war to guidance. And then we are taking um, a different approach because you subjected it to guidance. You are going to land in victory. Amen. <laughs> are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Reverend, my husband, I'm leaving him. My wife, this is the end. Reverend, I've made my mind. I have I made mean. my mind. And this time, it's Final. I have made my mind. I have made a decision. Mm. You are waging war. You are set on a path without mm. guidance. guidance. And it is bound to fail. It says, for by wise counsel, thou shalt make thy war. Go to the war, but get guidance. Get counsel. You need guidance. And with advices, you will make victory. You will, you will succeed. You will be victorious in this war. If only you are advice, godly advice. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, a husband is taking a major decision that will affect his entire household. And he will not discuss it with his wife. He will not discuss it he is just sleeping at night and then thinking <laughs> all his big head, thinking and thinking and thinking and he smiles. He's so happy with the plans. And but you see, God knows, God knows that on your own you are not good enough. The Bible says it is not good for the man to be alone. It's not good. Whatever God saw the man doing, he looked at him, his behavior, his way of thinking, his way of doing things, and God said, no, 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 no. 
It's not good for him to be alone. I will make him a help meet. I will make him a help meet for him. Appropriate help. Yes, you are ultimately the head. You are ultimately the one who gets to make the final decision. But what the Bible is saying is that you are most likely to succeed if you receive others' opinion before you decide. Rather than just going by just your opinion. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Everyone, you see, everyone, including women themselves, know that women can be nagging. Okay? They can complain a lot. Sometimes they can talk too much. And all of these things, which now, at this stage, I have found it to be the same across race, across <laughs> culture, regardless of level of education, regardless of background, it is the same everywhere, you know, because I have listened to other races, <laughs> of different races, and, I, and then I brought it, I said, ah, so this thing is with you people also. And then they told me, women, this is, oh, yes, we know that. That's of him. <laughs> you know, but in addition to all of this, that's in addition to all of that, they also have wisdom. Okay. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. They also are people who, have, who are detailed than most men. Is somebody listening to me? Yes. They are people who can multitask much more than many men. Many men aren't able to multitask. True. Mm-hmm. Do you see? You let us leave you home alone with the children and then laundry you break and then cooking True. and then cleaning and then working. You say you work from home. You wake up in the morning, you lock yourself in a room that mm-hmm. I'm working. So nothing, no other activity, you know, I can't handle any other activity. But someone else can handle the work from home in addition to caring for the children, in addition to cooking, in addition to laundry, in addition to cleaning, and everything can be done. Do you understand? But when they leave you for one week with those kind of activities, your hair will be stinky. <laughs> you go take a shower for one week. You know, you may forget to brush your teeth. You know, you will not eat. You know, all kinds of things. Are you understand what I'm saying with you? So don't yeah. let the nagging and the complaints and the too much talking Cut you from the counseling, the wise counseling that mm-hmm. you can also receive from them. <laughs> hey, our women. Are you listening? Say something. The Bible says two are better than one. Ah. Do you understand? Two are better than one. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and I believe verse 9. Two are better than one. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? So it means Two people's opinion together, they are better than one. Two are better than one. It means two people's money together are better than one. Two are better than one. It means two people raising their children together are better than one. Two are better than one. It means two people living together are better than one. Amen. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. So even if you don't understand it, just stick to this. That if that is what the word is saying, that means no matter how it is, two are better than one. Mm. <laughs> or you don't understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. No matter how it is, two are better than one. So when you want to be one, God is saying it's better for you to be two. And the Bible says, as for God, his way is perfect. Mm. Psalm 18 and verse 30. He says, as for God, his way is perfect. 
the Lord's word is flawless. That means the word of God is flawless. So whatever you are thinking, to feel that when I'm one, I'll be better than when I'm two, it is not right. Mm. Unless your word is better than God's word and your word is flawless. But the Bible says God's way is perfect. Mm. When God said this is the way, is the perfect way. When God said, set on a way of being two, it is a perfect way. And his word is flawless. And then he says, he is a buckler to all those that trust in him. That means that he shields all those who take refuge in the word. He's a buckler, or means he's a shield to anyone who takes refuge in the word. That means if only you trust in the word and you put your trust in it and that is what you are going by, he is going to shield you that it will be perfect. It will make it perfect for real. So even if there are adversities, even if there are difficulties, even if the enemy is attacking, as long as you are subjecting this to the word of God, God will guarantee safety for you. He will do whatever he can. He says he is a shield or he is a buckler to all those that trust in him. Mm. If you are going to trust in him and you are saying that because of the word of God, I would rather stay as two. Then he's going to make sure that if you are making this decision based on his word, he will shield you. He will make it perfect. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Oh, yes, sir. You see, when God realized that it was not good for the man to be alone, he did not make him a second man. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He did not make him a second man. God did not make the man a second man. He made him appropriate help, which happened to be a woman. Who came with a special package? A package of nagging. A package of talking too much. Mm. A package of complaints. Mm. A package of wisdom. Mm. Ready to help. Ready to be a helpmate. With all the package. I came with a package. So, perhaps... When the man was lacking nagging, a naga, it was not good. Whereas when the man was lacking a complainer, it was not good. Perhaps when the man was lacking too much talking, someone who talks too much, it was not good. And God saw all of not good and put all of those things in a woman and brought her and said, this is the appropriate help for you. So maybe the crying, the nagging, the talking too much, the complaints, and you didn't do this, you promised you were going to do this, and this didn't happen, and that, and this. Perhaps that is what makes the man good enough. Mm. <laughs> hey. Tell them, tell them. Hey. It's a message you are preaching. I don't know, but ah. the word of God says that God's way is perfect. Oh, his ways are perfect. Hallelujah. Amen. So when the man, when God made the help, it wasn't another man. Hmm. It wasn't another man. He made a woman as a help which is appropriate. Hmm. Hallelujah. Don't, don't so as a husband, <laughs> discussing things with your other friend, discussing things with your other co-worker at work, with your classmate, your schoolmate, former classmate, and your brother, is just like discussing with another not good on his own kind of man. Amen. This message. Who also lacks the same things that you lack. 
for which reason God brought him a woman. This message is, 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 is good. <laughs> you are preaching. Amen. Amen. Who is just like you? Ah. Who also needs help? Meet for hey. him. Just like you. And all your plans, you are discussing with this not good on your own man. How can he help? How can that help you? <laughs> no, we're not good. How can that help us? <laughs> hey. Amen. Amen. You are preaching. You see, you preaching. will never be self-sufficient enough not to need anyone else in your life. Mm. You will never get to that stage where you are self-sufficient that you not need anyone else in your life. No matter who you are, there will always be room for counseling. No matter who you are. Hallelujah. Listen, having an education is not equal to wisdom. True. At all. A university degree is not equal to wisdom. I'm saying something. Amen. Amen. You see, that is a deception. That is a big deception. Because, you know, there are some people who feel they have too much education to be advised by someone who does not have the same level of education or higher. But not having a degree does not mean that you don't have wisdom. And having a degree does not equal to having wisdom. Oh, I have seen many graduates, many high-level degree graduates who are not wise. (laughs) (laughs) I have been in many meetings for people that you would expect in high position and not wise. Who have gone to high, high schools Ivy League schools and with wild degrees, and they are not wise. So, beloved, stubbornness is what cuts off any person from counseling and it leads to distraction, including your relationship with God. Mm. Mercy. Bishop Wright, he says, Is there anyone who was mightily blessed by God? even though he was stubborn and rebellious? Never. No one. There was no one in the Bible who was mightily blessed by God and was stubborn and rebellious. Mm. Stubbornness is stubbornness to God, to his word, to his pastors, to the biblical counsel is a sign that backsliding is imminent. That moving away from God is imminent. Mm. Be a person who embraces counseling and you will walk with God for a very long, long, long time. May the Lord give us the wisdom and the grace to subject ourselves to counseling and to embrace counseling. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Put your hands together and stand to your feet. Father, we are grateful and thankful for your word. We thank you for your words of wisdom. We pray, Lord, that you give us the hearts that are malleable in your hand. Minds that can be changed. Decisions that can be overturned. Lord, help us to be flexible. May we never be described by this evil spirit of stubbornness. We pray, Lord, that tonight you deliver us from the spirit of stubbornness, from hardness, from being difficult people, from being people who are not changeable, from being people who are not malleable. Lord, let our hearts be in your hand like clay and remold us, reform us, change us, transform us, Give us hearts that are receptive to your word. We always exalt your word. When your word is mentioned, when your word comes in, Father, may we give reverence to your word 
and always exalt your word. We are grateful tonight. We are thankful for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful. Why don't you clap your hands together for the Lord? Well, before we sit down, before we sit down, I want to give everyone here, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, I want to give everyone here an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior. You are here with us. You are listening to me. You, are, you want to give your life to Christ. You are saying, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your hand or touch your heart, put your hand on your heart. And I want to pray with you. And I want all of you to join and say this prayer with me and say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. I repent. I repent. And come to you, Lord. And come to you, Lord. Cleanse me from my sins. Cleanse me from my sins. Please wash me with your blood. Please wash me with your blood. I welcome you into my life. I welcome you into my life. I take you as my Lord. I take you as my Lord. I choose you as my master. I choose you as my master. I want you as my savior. I want you as my savior. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me tonight. For saving me tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sing, Shana. My God and King, to you alone I sing. We believe you have been blessed with this powerful For message. Come and worship with us on the Zoom platform with ID number 823-299-84436 every Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God richly bless you.